Kaita hitting the ground running, Mane getting a brace, what a win that was. Hi, my name's Owen, the host of the Anfield Edition podcast, and in today's episode, me, Taylor and Laurie are going to be reflecting on Liverpool's 4-0 win over West Ham, looking at our rivals' results from match day one, and also looking ahead to our game against Crystal Palace on Monday, so stay tuned. Wow, what a start to the season, guys. Our biggest opening day win since 1932, and Klopp's boys are off to a flyer. What did you think of the game, Taylor? Uh, it was a brilliant start to the season, and for me, it was totally unexpected, because I was shocked. I um, thought, I thought we'd win, but I didn't think we'd win that convincingly. I thought there'd be a bit of rustiness, which is typical in the opening game of the season, so I was fairly cautious about predicting the result in the last podcast. But, um we, we played really well and it looked like it was a kind of the game that was in the middle of the season. We looked really well drilled. All the players uh, looked, they had a good chemistry. Uh, the front three were on fire again. And uh, they sound a real mark to the rest of the league to win that emphatically on the opening weekend because uh, obviously Sky Sports said during the uh, Man City game, even the City staff were asking uh, how we got on. So they clearly see us as a threat for this season and know what better way to start. Yeah, I don't think you could have asked a better start really than what we had, and I don't think many of us were expecting a win to be as emphatic as it was. And obviously, we beat West Ham twice last season, and it was 4-1 each time. But when you think they've got Pellegrini now, and they've spent around 100 million likes of Anderson and Yarmolenko and Fabianski in goal, I thought it would be, like Taylor said, it would be much tighter than it was. But that's definitely an encouraging start, and it hopefully sets a precedent for the rest of the season. Yeah, completely agree. The 4-0 scoreline, I thought, was certainly reflective of the performance. Listening back to our predictions, you did say it would be a nervous 2-1 win, Taylor, and it was quite far from what happened in the end, don't you think? Uh, yeah, it's, it's completely the opposite. As Laurie said, West Ham had spent a lot of money this summer, and they've got a good manager in Pellegrini, and they have uh, targets of finishing probably best of the rest in seventh place. But uh, although I've said they will disappoint, because pe- uh, when people when uh, teams sign too many players, it normally doesn't end well, but they only fielded five of them in the starting eleven, so... I thought the likes of Arnautovic and Anderson would put a real threat to us on the counter-attack, but they never really got their own half. And I think the key point of the game was the midfield battle where uh, Declan Rice and Wilshire and Noble really struggled against Cater, Wijnaldum and Milner. And we were able to pin them in and they couldn't really get out their own half. So once we got the opening goal, you kind of had that feeling it was going to be a straightforward afternoon. Yeah, I think the way we started the game ultimately influenced the outcome more than anything. It was a great pressing performance overall from the team. Um, Liverpool set the agenda quite early on and made it really tough for the away side there. So uh, the game seemed to feel over at half time, which was quite strange considering it was only 2-0. Did you get that same sort of feeling, Laurie? Yeah, I mean, obviously with us, you can never feel, judging from past experience, that the game's completely over. But I think once we got that second goal, you didn't really think there was any chance West Ham were going to get back into the game. And it was almost as if they'd given up in the second half. There wasn't... I mean, in the first half, they didn't really get going, but they were completely dead really in the second half. And... I think, as Taylor said, the whole team needs time to gel, but they just gave us way too much space at times and it made it easy for us to play the style the way we wanted, especially Kaito got loads of space in the middle. And I don't think for West Ham, that's a solid indication of how their season go. As In their pre-season, they didn't play a side nowhere near our quality, but in terms for us, the signs are definitely encouraging. And at times it felt we weren't even in first gear in, in the second half especially, so it's definitely positive. And I think we can steamroll quite a few sides at Anfield like that again this throughout the season. 
Yeah, definitely. So, um, was there anyone particularly Taylor that you were impressed by during the uh, game? Yeah, I think Sadio Mane was the. Um, well, they didn't get man of the match. He, well, he thought he did, as uh, judging by the Sky Sports interview. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was certainly the most impressive. Harry Kane can't score in August, but uh, Marlin Marlin definitely had the knack for that. <laughs> but in all seriousness, he was very impressive. I think uh, last season, much of the limelight was taken off him because of Salah scoring so many goals, but. In my opinion, I think in terms of all-round player, I think uh, Mane is a better player out too, and only behind Eden Hazard in the league, really. I mean, he can run with the ball, he can dictate the tempo of the game, he can so he can create, can do anything really on that left wing, and he's so underrated by a fan base. It's incredibly he doesn't get as much recognition, and the plaudits he received yesterday were completely deserved. I've always linked with Keita, like they've been playing for absolutely years together, and. Although his second goal was offside by an absolute mob, and how the linesman didn't spot that, I thought the finish was absolutely lethal and. Uh, if he can carry on that form, avoid bans or injuries this season, he can definitely hit, be aiming to hit 25 plus this season. Yeah, I've seen that getting quite a lot of coverage recently. Um, more so leading up to the start of the season, people really tipping Marley to actually kick on that probably uh, what, to exceed almost expectation there by, by getting to around that 25 mark. I think people do often overlook his performances and I think yesterday was absolutely brilliant off the ball as well. Um, but for me, it was Keita. I think um, his debut is receiving the most attention, and rightfully so. The way he carried the ball from the middle of the park, drifted in between uh, West Ham's lines, and the intelligent passing was it was so impressive, especially considering you know that is his first um, obviously um, game for us. As you said um, on the podcast uh, last time out, Laurie, uh, he could well be our player of the season, and if he carries on with those sort of displays, I think it could happen. Yeah, I think after yesterday, I thought he. Kaito was absolutely outstanding, and I can understand by my player of the season prediction for him. It was the way he managed to find so much space and drift into the right areas, and there was so much energy he provided, and for us to win the ball back with tackles and even was powered through West Ham's midfield, and that was crucial for us winning by the margin we did. Um, he already seems like he's establishing a good connection with our front three. I mean, Mane in particular, obviously, they played briefly together with Salzburg, but some of the passes he managed to pick out were incredible. I definitely think if he can keep that form up and form and develop that connection with the front three even further. He's going to be a really important asset this season. But I think one player who's perhaps gone slightly under the radar yesterday was Joe Gomez. I mean, it was obviously a huge test for him to see if he could stake his claim for his starting, have a starting role this season. Because obviously there's something going on with Lovren. I mean, he said he wasn't injured. We don't know exactly what's going on there or when he'll be back. But if, Van, if Lovren could keep up, um, I mean, if Gomez could keep up the form he did um, yesterday, I mean, he is mainly be used as a right back by Klopp during his time but I think he's definitely better suited at centre-back and with the injury problems he's had there and the reliability of Matip, Clavin, Lovren etc I think he can definitely be an option this season especially if he can form a good solid partnership with Van Dijk there in the heart's defence Yeah, I agree though I think Joe Gomez was another performance like you said that did go under the radar he was really impressive um, he's not a commanding sort of centre-back like Lovren uh, not Lovren, sorry like Van Dijk is um, and in the absence of, of Lovren there he'll be the one you probably expect to um, Sort of just be, uh, you know, going under the radar because a lot of Lovren's performances were were in the same vein of that, where defensively it was just sound, passing the ball sound, and there wasn't really any problems. Um, Klopp did say, I think, in his uh, post match, or it might have been pre match actually, to West Ham with Lovren, it could be three to four weeks. So you know he might be in there because that would be the um, start of the Champions League campaign as well. So we could see Joe yeah. Gomez in there as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he does have to battle from with Matip that place it seems like Matip even you know with the injuries he's gone a bit unfancied um by Klopp so it will be interesting um if it was our best team uh fielded obviously it's a bit crazy to base off one opinion but would you rather see uh 
Lovren or Gomez in there, Taylor, personally? Um, I think right now, I don't want to be a reaction race. I think you've got to say Lovren, he's played, uh, there's more games you can um, evaluate him on, whereas Gomez is probably his first real test in a competitive fixture at uh, centre-back. So I'll see how he goes for, like, he'll probably play for the next month or so at the heart of the defence with Van Dijk, and he played well to be fair to him. But I think, obviously, at the moment, you've got to go with Lovren because we've seen more from him, what he can do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, that rounds up on our West Ham coverage. Uh, let's turn our attentions to some other standout results from match day one. Uh, United kicked things off on Friday with a 2-1 win over Leicester. Chelsea and Spurs continued to carry the torch with respective wins over Newcastle and Huddersfield, ensuring that there would be no upsets to the start of the season against the Big Six. Um, what I want to hone in on, though, was Man City's 2-0 win over Arsenal. Uh, did you manage to catch the game, Taylor? I did indeed, yeah. It, was, uh, it wasn't the best of games, I don't think. It was... Um... The atmosphere was pretty decent at Emery's first game, and uh, I thought they were, they were a lot more impressive than they were last season. Obviously, last season at the Emirates in the league, they just came back off losing the Carabao Cup to Man City 3 0, and then within 21 minutes of the league fixture, they were 3 0 down again. And it just looked like it was the end of an era, whereas with Emery, it kind of looked like the start of an era. You could see the side uh, trying to implement, they were trying to play out from the back, which if you're going to play out from the back, you need to play someone like Bern Leno. I don't rate him that much as a goalkeeper, but one thing he can do is play out from the back, whereas he saw Czech and they scored a known goal, trying to pass it from the back. <laughs> and also you can see that instead of sending off the opposition, which they might do under Wenger, they were trying to press City high at the pitch, and it actually caused them a few problems until City uh, got the opening through Sterling. But uh, in terms of the league, it, it looks pretty ominous for the opposition, considering Man City were, they didn't start the likes of Sane, De Bruyne, Kumpi, Otamendi. Um, can't think who else didn't start. Um <laughs> yeah, they were missing. They, that scored so big. De Bruyne. That's, yeah, that scored so big. You forget players, and they didn't even really get out of second gear. They didn't really have to either. Their squad depth is just so incredible. It'll be difficult to take the uh, title off of them. But for Arsenal, I think it will take probably a season to adjust to their new Salah Emery after being under Wenger for twenty-two odd years now. And uh, but their chances again top four, they aren't gone. But I mean, anyone's going to struggle to beat City this season, and so. Uh, if they can just knuckle down other big test is Chelsea next week, if they can win that, they've got a real shot. But I wasn't really that impressed with uh, any other top four, uh, top six side other than Chelsea. I thought United were pretty mediocre against Leicester. Uh, James Madison ran the show, maybe a future Liverpool signing. Um, Spurs, Spurs did well away at Newcastle. Uh, no signings, but they look uh, just as good as they did last year. Harry Kane, obviously not scoring once again in August. But uh, it's promising signs for us, and they can take positives from this defeat. Yeah, I'm gonna just um, just uh, dodge my way around the James Madison comment just slightly. <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to touch on actually was, um, like you said, the, there was no De Bruyne, there was no Jesus, there was no Sane, and you just think that that it's, it's an embarrassment of riches at City, and it is. I'm pipping them this season for Champions League. I think they'll get um, at least to the final and potentially win it. Um, I just think that their squad is absolutely ridiculous, and and that'll be um something that everyone in the league will be scared of and uh, obviously you've seen from most people's predictions that they believe it's going to be you know, it was the first title defence in probably about was it five six years yeah since United so, um, yeah yeah since United so yeah what did you um, what did you think of the game Laurie yeah I think like you said yesterday showed that taking the title off City regardless of our performance yesterday is going to be a really difficult task I mean when you consider like you said the likes of companies and David Silva one in the squad and De Bruyne and Sané on the bench, they were 
in complete control. He never felt that Arsenal had any chance in the game. And on a different day, they could have had three or four goals. I think, like you said, in terms of the Champions League, I think obviously the furthest they've reached on the, on the, they reached the semis on the Pellegrini. But I think this has got to be the season where Pep takes it one step further. I think they have to really, with the squad depth they've got, they have to try and reach the final this season for them. But, I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, Sterling looked electric yesterday. I mean, Mara showed some glimpse of the talent we know he has. I think it's going to be really hard for us to stop them this season. I mean, in terms of Arsenal, I thought their team selection was bizarre from the start. I don't know why Czech... Czech was one of their biggest problems last season. So I don't know. They're spending twenty million on Leno. Yes, we know he has mistakes in there, but if you spend that much on the keeper, it made little sense that you decided to stick with Czech. I mean, he made a few decent saves here and there, but if Arsenal are trying to play out the back, they can't do that with Czech's distribution, which is quite frankly, it's just really average. Um, I think even though it was City, which obviously those are they're the Premier League champions, it still showed. It's going to take a long time for Emery to get this Arsenal side where he wants it to be. And there's still players like Xhaka, players like Xhaka to lesser than like Bellerin. They're not at that level he wants. I think a lot of dead wood needs to be cleaned out. And I think it's going to take quite a few seasons if he gets that time to be at the level Arsenal fans expect him to be. So I wouldn't be worried about them at all this season. I think the most they can expect is I think a top four finish would be a surprise in my opinion. But we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, it's it's really hard to call the first game of the season. Um, but obviously when they're playing the champions, you can obviously take factor that in. Um, just obviously touch on what you said there with uh, Czech and Xhaka. Now, what I found strange was that he made uh, Czech captain, didn't he, over the summer? And, and Xhaka's one of their captains yeah. as well. They don't have like one that they usually just 100% go for. And it would be Kshelny, but obviously he's out with injury. So that was a really strange one I found. I think, yeah, they'll start Leno, I think, for the next game, just based on that. Uh, um, I think it's a case of, as well, with Arsenal, is it reminds me of Pep's versus the City. Like, he, he, you could see the style Pep wanted to implement, but he didn't have the players to play, like, from out the back. He didn't yeah. have the full-backs not good enough. They had Sanya, um, Clichy, the players. players Collar off yeah, as well. Yeah, players that were past their sell-by date, really, um, in terms of being a Pep type of player. And it, but Pep still spent that first season getting the rest of the squad used to the stars, that when he brought the right personnel in, they adjusted straight away. And I think that's the thing with Arsenal. I mean, Leno probably should start being on a play out from the back, but they haven't got the centre-backs to play out. Mustafi's OK on the ball. Socrates, don't think he's that great as a defender or on the ball. So I think it will take time. And next summer, they should have more to spend because I think this summer, they had only like a £50 million budget um, taken away next spend. So it wasn't, considering how much Deadwood's in that squad, it wasn't enough. But in comparison to our our kind of banter era, they didn't have near enough as bad a squad as what we did. I mean, they've got Aubameyang, who was yeah. ill, uh, Mkhitaryan, Lacazette. They've got plenty to build on, just by improving the defence and uh, and keep uh, building on the new system. Yeah, I mean, going forward, if you just compare the two teams, I think the lowest I've seen Liverpool probably was when we had Downing on the wing. Um, we had Downing, <laughs> David and Gog. Like, if you compare just those, I mean, just those two, let alone, like, with Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang or Downing and Ngog, that's, that's that's one comparison you can make there. Um, just think, I think the contrast between Arsenal's performance against City in the Carabao Cup final uh, last season and yesterday, it was drastic. Complete, it was like two different teams. You look at Emery's style and the game was an attempt to lay the groundwork for a new, exciting Arsenal side and one that can compete in these big games. Uh, they frequently haven't done that over the past few years. They've been on the end of quite a few batterings. So 
You can see Emery's trying to, you know, tighten up and um, but also make them competitive at the same time. Um, while the performance overall was nothing to shout about, you could see that they were trying to get more energy out of the midfielders in particular and change to a, a more pressing style. I think Torreira could be really key for them this season. Obviously, I don't think he started due to fitness, but if he when he comes in, I think that you'll see a complete transformation of that midfield. Um, and like I, I agree with both of you there. I think it will take a few transfer windows for them to, you know, to really get up there, compete for the title, but also go back to being reliable top four um, as well. Speaking of signings, Richarlison for Everton uh, made a bit of a splash with those two goals against Wolves. Obviously, we as Liverpool fans would ridicule them for the price tag, but it was about forty-five million. Forty-five million um, when, when he signed. But yeah, um, if he continues to perform like that and at just twenty-one years old, he could be quite the player for them, couldn't he? Laurie, I'll let you go first, Laurie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely. I think the difference um, of him under Marco Silva compared how he was um, and Javi, Javi Garcia, Javi Gracia, yeah, Gracia. Um, last season, was, um, I mean, I think under Silva, obviously, he got goals, assists, but then he, I think in his last 27 for Watford, already got zero goals, I think one assist, which obviously is shocking to them think they spend 40 million, but under Silva, he looks completely different player. I mean, he was, he took his second goal. It was almost like Thierry Henry esque that finish. It was, yeah. he, uh, yeah, he looks a real player. I think he, I still, he's only 21 years old. And I think under Silva, I think he can actually be, obviously will last the price tag, but I think he can go on to be a really effective signing for us, obviously for what, Everton. I mean, and on the wings, he's got, um, with the, the likes of, I mean, they've got lots of pace like Walcott, who obviously isn't as good, but Richarlison, Walcott, Tosser, they've, they've got some good players, and I think with under Silva, they'll score a lot of goals, but they'll concede a lot of goals as well. So I think they could be an entertaining side to watch this season, and Richarlison's going to help them do that, I think. Yeah, I think Richarlison, if we look at him in particular, it's just the directness of his running. Um, that's a note, because when you watch him at the end of of last season he was a passenger and he re- rarely like took the game by the scruff of the neck I know it's an old cliche and everything but with that game in particular with Wolves he he picked the ball up in deep areas and drive at defences and you that was the Richardson you saw at the first half of last season and I think he'll do, he'll do really well for them I think he's picked by 20% of people's fantasy teams this year I know I've got him in I don't know about you guys yeah. but um, yeah I've got yeah. him in yeah so I think he should pick up quite a few points for us um, finally, let's just look ahead to our next fixture. It's Crystal Palace under the Monday night floodlights at Selhurst Park. Palace came out as winners against Fulham, playing a counter-attacking style, with Fulham dominating the possession with 66%. Could this be a sign of things to come, with Liverpool being picked off in a similar fashion, Laurie? I think out of all the games we tend to dread each season, a trip to Selhurst Park, especially on Monday night, is going to be right up there. We weren't particularly good there last season, and we needed a late sat goal from Salah to come away with all three points. And I managed to catch the highlights of the game against Fulham on match of day, and I thought they did look impressive, and their counter-attacking style clearly worked for them. But you could see Fulham had quite a few chances, and they were vulnerable at times on the break, and I think Hennessy had to keep a few decent saves to keep them in the game. Like, obviously, I'm always going to be wary of Zaha, because I think he's obviously a really skillful player, and he's always going to provide problems against us. But I think everyone needs to pay attention to their right back. I mean, Aaron Wambasaka, again, in a lot of people's fancy teams, a bargain at 4 million. But he managed to get forward excellently on Saturday, and he looks a real rock defensively. He's solid. I think he's definitely one to watch for Palace this season. 
yeah, I was really impressed by him as well. I mean, I, I think, like you said, everyone seems to have got him in their fantasy team now. Um, and it was more so with Palace. It was the transition from defence to attack because Fulham spent the majority of the game probably in their half. Um, but they were so um, direct in the passing. And I don't know, it's, it's a real change to see Hodgson sort of go for that, in my opinion. It's 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 like an old school sort of Mourinho team where they would um, get the ball out to wide areas as fast as possible. Um, just not with clearances uh, per se, but just long passing. And you've got Zaha there. You've got like Wan-Bissaka, like I said, who's got um, on the right, who's got a bit of pace about him as well. Benteke is always um, going to be hit and miss for me, but as a target man, He's um, brilliant and he always gets goals for you. So, you know, I, th- I think uh, Palace will pose a threat to us. Um, Taylor, was there anything you wanted to add, obviously, when it comes to Crystal Palace? And this is the game I dread the most every season. Obviously, Palace away is normally a massive bowie ground for us, but I think it'll be a good test for us in our first away game of the season, Monday night. Uh, going to be a tough game, and I think it'll be good to, for us to test ourselves against one of our bogey teams early on and see if we can grind that win. Like last season, I was very impressed. I thought when we all went one and done in that first time, I thought, the game was over, I thought we were going to lose uh, or draw at best, but we actually managed to turn it around, and I think that's the type of force we need to put in on Monday night if we're going to come away with a win. As you said, Zaha's going to be the danger man. Uh, last season in the first half against Trent, he were, he pretty much dominated him for the entire half, and to be fair to him, Trent came up on the second half and defended, but against West Ham, I was slightly, uh, slightly concerned about Trent. He didn't look quite on it. I feel Anderson could have got at him a few times if he was a bit more match fit. So uh, it should be good because I reckon I reckon we'll win, but but I think it'll be one of those ones where you grind out a win. Yeah, see, I'm on the other end of the um, <laughs> other opinion here, where I would say if we play like we did against West Ham, I think it could just be a convincing win. I think obviously I used to I, I used to dread Palace, but I think there is a way to get at them. And I think having watched the Fulham Crystal Palace game, I think Fulham were quite unlucky with the the finishing. But if we look at the attacking threat we pose. Compared to Fulham, I think that it could be a completely different um, game and that we could absolutely thrash them. So I don't know, obviously, if I'm just being really optimistic or, you know, you can tell me otherwise, Taylor. <laughs> um, I don't think I'll be a thrashing. I think that um, I reckon we'll start quite cagey. I, I normally have a bad feeling about Palace away. Uh, I think first half, they've got a really good crowd, so they'll be up for it. I think they'll be on the front for uh, especially Zaha and Wan-Bizaka uh, down the flanks. Uh, I think if we can ride that early wave and then uh, feel ourselves into the game, I think we've got a good chance. But we've got to look out for, we'll be dominating possession for about 60-70% most of the game. And as you said, uh, Hodgson reminds, reminds us of a old Marino team who will look to sit back and then counter. So we've just got to be wary of the counter-attack, but I think we should be fine. Yeah, let's have some predictions then. Uh, we all predicted wins last week, so that's a point each for us on the leaderboard. Just to remind listeners, it's one point for the correct result and three points for the correct scoreline. We'll be keeping a tally of this throughout the season, of course. So I'll kick things off with my prediction. I said 3-1 last week, and I think I'll go for it again. I'm expecting us to come out of the traps early like we did against West Ham and gain that early lead. Uh, but Palace, I think, will get a goal through Zaha, who's just been electric so far. Um, so what do you think, Laurie? I don't think it's going to be nearly as easy as you think, Owen. Like, a thrashing, <laughs> I definitely don't think it's on the cards. Um, I mean, when you see Palace against Fulham... I think you've got Palace did well, but you've got to consider is that Fulham side, they spent 100 million, it's a completely different side to one of the championship. They've got Schurler, they've got Alfie Mawson, Joe Bryan, Serry, Le Marchand. There's so many, it's almost a completely new side, so they're going to take time to gel as well. So, I know Palace's side was virtually the same as last season, so 
I think it will be a tough game. But I see Palace taking an early goal similar to last season. But I do think we'll manage to come back and we'll win 2-1. But I think it will be one of the more challenging games of the season. Definitely a test. First big away test, yeah. Yeah, I'm literally the same as Laura. I think Palace will take the lead in the first half. Let's have that momentum from the crowd early on. And we'll struggle to feel into the game. But I think once we get into the dressing room, I think Klopp will rally them. And I think we'll, they will come back. And I reckon we'll win 2-1 like last year and go for the same result. And they did uh, for West Ham, so hopefully this time I may get it correct. <laughs> cool, cool. So obviously we'll see um, if we can keep up with that leaderboard this season because it went a bit um, well last year and I just forgot to actually write the points down. Uh, but I'll make sure one, I do it this season. Week. Yeah, that, well that's what we got. To, yeah, obviously, I've already said <laughs> Yeah, I meant like last season when we were okay, obviously yeah. doing it with the old cast. Like I completely forgot to like write the scores down, so I had to like try and like listen back through the old podcast to find out. Uh, but yeah, enough of that. Well, that's all we have time for today. Follow at Anford Edition for constant updates on everything LFC. You can also be notified when the podcast goes live by following us there as well. So say goodbye, Laurie. Bye, guys. Say goodbye, Taylor. Goodbye. And it's bye from me as well. <laughs>